Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP, the Sex Actually podcast. As always, it's your boy Dave Neal with Tasha Courtney. Hello. This is great. We're doing it at night right now. It's been a bit since we've been out here at night. Yeah, it has. We've only done, since since uh, in the last several months, we've only been doing the rooftop, rooftop sunset series. Sunset. And then we're going one daytime episode. We got every we got every light on in the place. We might trip a fuse, but it's all worth it for you guys. Uh, this is um, uh, this is a, this is a true Sunday night. We normally upload the episode Sunday night, but uh, this is a true Sunday night recording. Yeah, I got my Diet Dr. Coke and I'm ready to go. <laughs> this is it. Diet Dr. Coke. Diet Dr. Pepper. Didn't even have that right. I think um, I think I'll be an old man drinking Diet Dr. Peppers after medicine has decided that they're not good for you. Like that's gonna uh, medicine be my cigarettes. has long known that this is not good for you. Well, don't make it but taste so good. But you know what? My grandma drank Diet Cokes or what were they? Um, what's that off-brand? Uh, RC Cola. RC Cola. She drank those RC Colas and lived a long life. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's something in there All for All those you. preservatives, I'll they keep you, what, you around for longer. It ain't good for your teeth. I got a dentist appointment in the morning, so I'm cherishing this diet, Dr. Oh, Pepper. Oh, yeah, you're not going to be allowed to have them the rest Fuck. Of really? You don't think so? If you're getting a filling, no. You can't, you can't, get can't a... drink sugar. Well, there's no sugar in it is the point. Right wow. in, folks. Let us know. Uh, we've Speaking of uh, health and lack of, uh, I wanted to start the podcast talking about President Trump, old Donald J., his health, What's going on? As of right now, you you have the latest update. I mean, no, we you don't look at the news for six hours and it's like you've missed so much stuff. But yeah, apparently he left the hospital in a motorcade to like wave to supporters and people are mad because now like everyone who was in that motorcade for his ego trip, you know, now has to quarantine for 14 days, could potentially get very sick, could die. Well, look, I don't want, I want to talk about some very specific things about, now, if anyone listens to our podcast and doesn't follow the news, why? What are you doing? No, good for you. You're probably very happy. But, uh, you know, Trump obviously came down with the coronavirus uh, mere days or hours or even before his debate. No one even knows at this point when, when, when in fact, he was uh, tested positive. And I don't even want to talk about all the politics of it. But the fascinating thing to me with Trump getting coronavirus is the lack of empathy I see from people sort of dancing on his grave. So I wanted to pick apart Trump and and uh, and how empathy kind of affects us all, and how do how do we learn to be empathetic for people that aren't just on our quote unquote team, which isn't easy. I think. Listen, say whatever you're gonna say, but I I think there's a big difference between like not having empathy for somebody who's not on your team, and not having empathy for someone who has led by example this sort of culture of laughing in people's face. I mean, I just saw a clip this morning of him exactly four with, years with ago today. Clinton. Yeah, just like making fun of Hillary because she stumbled when so she had she, pneumonia. So she had pneumonia about the same time during the presidential yeah, election. Pretty much one month before month the before election. before the election. And if you don't remember, uh, she had to literally kind of get carried into her caravan or whatever you want to call it by a by a couple bodyguards which was crazy at the time because to the outside eye you don't know if this is a presidential candidate who has pneumonia or if is somehow like really sick and they're being propped up by some sort of like you know um you know malicious state or something it's very you, no one ever care you know like the hipaa laws you know you're not supposed to care you're not supposed to know about other people's health but then when it comes to dealing with presidential candidates and the president makes such a big deal because, uh, you know, a country like ours right now where we are politically, we are so, we are so like uh, ripe for being invaded, whether it be physically or some sort of cyber attack, because we're just at odds with each other. You've got, like you said, you have Trump who, while he was campaigning for president, got kind of said, "You do you want someone like Hillary Clinton who's not fit to run because she came down with pneumonia on a very aggressive, you know, um, election campaign. campaign and tour. these are old people. She was old at the time. Trump's four years older than, than four years ago. I mean, these these are old men. They barely survived the debate. I thought Trump, you know, they used to have the, you know, the, the, the old thing where like when two old guys are boxing, there'd be like the defensive guy would just dodge all the all the punches and the guy throwing the punches would just pass out from exhaustion. That's what Trump felt like to me. I was like, he might 
just pass out from exhaustion, but he just keeps on going. He really does have the energy. I don't know what he does the rest of the day, but I can't stay up at 2 a.m., you know, tweeting. I have a sore hamstring the next morning. This astrologer that I follow on TikTok had his birth chart up and said that, like, um, this year is, like, the time to pay the bill for all of his poor health choices over his lifetime. That's peak 2020. An (laughs) astrologer you follow on TikTok. Say no more, folks. (laughs) Peak 2020. Speaking of 2020, look at this. I cut my finger again. Uh... For those listening to the audio only, if you're not on the YouTube, why not? But I, uh, I, I sliced my thumb on a potato slicer making potato chips. And let me tell you something. I didn't find the piece of skin that came off. Ew. And I ate all the potato chips afterwards. That's I think disgusting. I'm pretty sure our skin didn't come off. I just sliced into the skin. But, uh, you know, if you guys have been following my medical bills, I really, I mean, I <laughs> just recovered from uh, five stitches that I got six weeks ago on my knuckle from a really bad... Uh, dishwashing accident and now i got a you know a faulty thumb surviving folks not thriving just surviving uh so medical medically speaking trump he you know you know you don't know someone someone gets covid with the you know you get the healthiest people in the world can drop dead from covid but mostly it's old people that aren't healthy trump is considerably not considered healthy he's out of shape he's old, he's, old. he's obese but he's got the he best medical a lot of attention junk food. he's getting yeah he's getting every day. the best government health care right so he's getting all this, and you know what? But my, my whole point with seeing people kind of dancing on his grave, it, if you want to look at, at, at a common enemy, we can take it back to bin Laden. Died on my birthday, May 1st. Bin Laden, you know, you know murder, even if you want to go further back, look at Saddam, Saddam Hussein. I remember like in the early days of the internet watching his, um, his uh, hanging. It was like they had a video of him getting hanged. And uh, it's like a necessary a thing that has to happen sometimes when you're defeating someone like bin Laden, it's like a, he's like, he's at war against us. I think us. for lots of people, it's cathartic. It's like, uh, after all that he's put us through as a country, I think it's hard for people not to have like a little pitter patter in their hearts. I think it's hard for them not to like chuckle with glee, knowing that like this guy has literally like, avoided protecting our country, protecting our citizens from the beginning of this pandemic. He's been, you know, making fun of people for wearing masks, encouraging his While followers not had, to wear a mask, he might have had firing the, virus. the entire pandemic response team. Uh, you know, it's just uh, like, uh, meanwhile, you know, besides COVID, just wanting to strip healthcare from Americans by repealing the ACA. It's just like one after another of horrible things that him and his administration and Republicans have done the past four years. And and then, you know, like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, what, two weeks ago? And and in less than 12 hours, you know, Mitch McConnell was like, we're going to fill the seat. You know, he he didn't show up when she was lying in state like. But this is where it can get very much like they're they're so gleeful in their hatred and their in their intent to divide our country. And then the second the president comes down, we're all supposed to take the high road well, I wanna it's just s- it's very hypocritical i want to separate opinion. they uh from the core of of our country i think they for the most I, like well let's, let's start here empathy is all about putting yourself in somebody else's shoes that you might not normally understand what like it's easy for me to have empathy with a guy who's like me it's harder for me to have empathy with a with a black guy who's who crosses the street jaywalking and gets cuffed you have to like put your you have to like it it takes extra effort yeah and i think the problem is is that republicans haven't put themselves in regular people's shoes for a long time if you think about it like the house and the senate won't convene won't pass a stimulus bill meanwhile they're getting paid they're keeping their jobs while they're not working. This is where I want working. to separate it from the, the bosses. They have government health care, right? But people are, regular people are getting sick, are dying from coronavirus at home alone in their sweaty beds because they can't afford to go to a hospital because they don't have coverage that's going to protect them from financial ruin if they have to go to the hospital, and, and and people who are going to the hospital are dying alone. Their friends and family can't, can't visit them. And and this is on this guy's shoulders, in my opinion. I, I, I don't disagree. Now, I need you to 
to, uh, in, in complete irony, empathize with me, <laughs> okay, when, when we talk about empathy. So how can you, when they say you, uh, you go low, we go high, how can you, how can, as a country, we take away the divide of I'm Republican, I'm Democrat. I, I don't know what I am, okay? But I'm, I'm certainly myself and I speak for myself and I care about everyone. Um, I, I understand like the irony and being like, I, I mean, I'm there with you when you go, Jesus Christ, this, uh, I can't believe, like he got it. Wow. Yeah. Like I totally I mean, get it. It literally would have been so easy for him to not get the virus. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he's going out there acting irresponsible, doing all the things that every expert recommends we do not do. And even if he did get it, it wouldn't be as bad as the scenario in which he was mocking Biden. And I mean, just today I went on, I went on a, a website and uh, it said like text four, three, nine, two to this number and, and to receive a, me- to send a message to Trump that you're thinking of him. And then, you know, of course he's going to filter to some sort of campaign donation. You know what I mean? It's it always like, I, I, I get it. I get I it. Think all. I think I would be down to pay $5 to send a sort of spiteful message. Just, just my asshole. But, but, but my point being is that it's easy because I want to focus this on empathy because empathy is the one thing that w- that I'll probably take to the grave. I've put it this way: I've I've had enemies. I've had people that I thought, oh, if I could only get what they have, I'll be better. And I can think of one right now. And then I found out that this guy, he had it all. He had the blue check mark next to his name. He was getting all the spots. He was funny. He was on TV. He was literally. A, I was mad at one day, and I looked up. And he's on a billboard, and I'm like, man. This oh, super upset, and then I find out the guy's dad's dying, and he's struggling and going back and forth. And it's like to humanize people is the greatest sort of thing we can do. And I'm not saying you got to humanize Trump, but I'm saying humanize. But there's a difference. There's a difference between humanizing a Trump supporter. There's a difference between like understanding that some people fall for like propaganda and cult shit like really easily just because they don't have the mental capacity to to be discerning and like you can empathize or sympathize with those people you know that i i i can put myself in the shoes of a normal person but i won't waste my energy trying to empathize with someone who is in my opinion Evil. I'm not asking inherently you to with Trump. evil. I'm not asking you to empathize with Trump, and I, I I hear you. The the what what's what be what what the interesting thing is by by dancing on somebody's grave or you know. And again, I'm, everyone has the right to feel their emotions. I just personally, my opinion and my belief is that people who like who like are out there being like, you know what, you know what, yeah, you know, I hope they all get it. Blah blah blah. I don't think you're going to feel any happier if they do. And the, 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 the political side of it is if Trump's not beaten fair and square, it's, he, is, he is not the sole problem in our country. He's the result of a lot of other problems that never were addressed. No, he's not the only ugly and malicious player. He might have sped up the process. He might have been an accelerant on this like little fire that was happening between like suburban life and wage gap issues and and you know the shrinking of, you know, the minimum wage never caught up with people who own property. Like there's a lot of little things that have gone on. But when 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 so people are going to be saying like, "You know what? I'm glad he got it." I understand the irony there. But I also know that that w- that will be used against. Well, there's you. lots of implications. I mean, there's lots of ways that this plays out. It's not like it's definitely a good thing he got it. Like, I, I think in general, I I think people are tired of being told that they should go high when everybody else has been going low, and that's how. I mean, I kind in my opinion, that's what has held. Um, the Democratic Party back in recent years is that the Republican Party has been strategic and conniving and cutthroat and has not gone high. But can't you go high, but also be like staying with your like like take Nancy Pelosi. She's she hasn't budged on what she wants the American people to get for her stimulus plan and all this. And 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 by the way, folks listening, yes, we 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 center around dating and relationship, but this, this talk about empathy, I do want to steer into, 
into relationships because we're talking about relationships with our family, with, with cousins, with people that we live with that we disagree with. And I think the greater talk about empathy is big, is actually bigger than Trump having coronavirus. So you, you do see people like, like Nancy Pelosi, who at least, and it might just be on paper and, but even if it is just on paper and even it is, if it is just political theater, Biden, Obama, they wish Trump a recovery. People want to beat him fair. So, yeah, so I and get I the think irony. that there, there are plenty. I mean, I haven't written anything on Facebook that was disparaging. I haven't shared my glee publicly yeah, with the Tasha, world. I'm not saying you're the per- people I'm talking to where like, I'm not saying it's no, you. No, I'm just saying that plenty of people out there are taking the high road, are holding their tongue. But I think in a time as critical as this, one month before the election, it's perfectly reasonable for people to express their displeasure, to express the hypocrisy yeah. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with pointing that out at all. Now, do I think people should be malicious? Absolutely not. I, I condemn that sort of behavior no matter who's doing I, it. Yeah, I just think when it comes to like if, if the greater if the greater goal is progress as a country, as as humanity, then what's going to be really important is and again, this is stuff that I've been thinking about for so long. With like, how do I, how do I even articulate this? But the idea of 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 like a ceasefire on communicating negative things online, especially with people we don't know. I have I an mean, analogy. Go for it. So <clears throat> it's kind of like I think. Imagine you're a mom, and you're picking up after two or three little kids that are just like making tornado messes every day and your husband can't pick up after himself. Like imagine how you feel as the wife, as the mom to be constantly having to clean up other people's messes, you know, Mm -hmm. or you're uh, in a group project at school and everybody else just fucks off the whole time. Try not to swear today. I'm trying to. And not, not to bleep every now that we're on YouTube. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. No, 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 no. You're fine. I know. I know. I'm. Um, but you're the person who's constant. You know, if if no one else is willing to do it, and you're not willing to sacrifice your GPA, then you just have to suck it up and do it. But it sucks to always be in that position. It's stuck. It sucks to be a straight A student who everybody knows is going to pick up the slack so they can just do whatever they want. It's a little bit of the Lord of the Flies. Like we're like the society. So is I think spinning out. that's how a lot of people are feeling is like, why is only the Democratic Party that always has to hold their set their head up high, take the high road? You know, why is it always the Democratic Party who has to clean up the mess of Republican presidencies, who has to get the economy back on track, who has to try and tackle the deficit? Why is it always our job to clean up somebody else's mess? And thanklessly so can i play with can i roll with this analogy i I like this so let's assume i'm the wife in this scenario what's going on is i i think a lot of people are getting angry at the kids and not the dad who should be leading by example so you you mentioned democrats versus republicans i don't want to put words in your mouth but i think what you're talking about is policymakers people who have gerrymandered and you know Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, blocking uh, yeah, court picks. We're not picks, talking so, about but, citizens here. We're not talking about regular people. It's perfectly fine to have uh, differing opinions and opposing ideologies. Like, that's fine. But at our core, you know, I, I, I feel like the divide has just gotten so wide. Yeah. In like our ideologies. It's like, uh, why why is it political the betterment of all citizens why is it political black lives matter why is it political not separating kids from their parents well, at I the think border when you break it down it makes sense to most people most people go that would make sense if we could afford it and then you have to go well let me tell you how we will and you have to sort of talk to people in a way where I would I would I mean the fight that that happens between party lines is so mis guided because most people are on the same side. Most people want their money to go to things that are going to better their community. Most people don't want to, their kid to go die in a war. Most people, but like, you know, like, like I was saying the other day, uh, it, it, it's, it's bananas that like the American flag to a lot of people feels like, um, 
feels like they're being bullied but versus what it should be. It's bananas to me that a party the day after, you know, an American icon dies, decides that they're going to install a Supreme Court justice who wants to strip away protections from American women. You know, like that that's that's what we're talking about. It's yeah, like a it, constant battle between just like peeping treating people, you know, with equality. I, I hear you. I, I think, and I, again, I don't necessarily know if I know a solution, but what the internet has done by exacerbating this issue is it has, it has made us all fight with each other without proper discourse. Mo- podcasting is still the safest well, place to be because you have to really spend your time listening to someone's point. I, 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 I if we're talking about citizens and policymakers, then these policymakers should be leading by example on how to have political discourse. This is all true. You know, money, money, like it money used gets to be spent. that everybody like showed up in the parliament or in or in Congress with their suit and tie, and they were passionate, but they obeyed like an unwritten set of rules. There was a decorum, right? None of that exists anymore. There's been a delay between the old man's club and this newer um, sort of re-educating of the public. You see like Katie Porter, you know, is, is that her name, Katie Porter, with the whiteboard? Mm-hmm. When Katie Porter shows up to on C-SPAN with a whiteboard, you, you better get the popcorn ready. She's about to do math. She's going to re-educate people. She's going to show you why you don't need to spend $300 on a screw and this and that. And you might lose you might lose a generation that only listens to a certain type of radio that feeds them certain information. Someone might have someone might be turning this podcast off right now because it doesn't align with just the easy thinking. But there's a re-education happening out there. Literally, like school teachers and bartenders and people that exist in the fabric of the middle class of our country that are re that are redefining every like like crossing the t's and dotting the i's and that does people exist on tiktok <laughs> yeah it's true when I'm you see this. like it's true when you see uh, uh like small productions you know you we live in a, a world where we can kind of get away from mainstream media and still get like well-researched facts we can still get things presented to us in an easy and digestible way i'm just gonna wait for you you're gonna have to cut some dead air here i can't it's recording well i see the red dot now it's working but uh you know i have a couple uh, things that i saved if um you would like me to read them absolutely just resetting the cameras for the audio out there i'm uh I'm a, we're a one-man shop over here. I got three cameras going nonstop. Uh, yeah, it's so. But so so what I so the hope that I have, and I, I I might be the I might be the violinist on the Titanic right now. But I I think you can have real bull-nosed, tight, strong people setting great policy. But if you're not educating the masses with what is going on, then it's just an us versus them. And it's not us versus them in reality. It's we. It's the collective of the of the republic. So I, I do I sound completely uh, like blindly optimistic that that if if every person who's led by hatred can actually find some ability to empathize with others and again, this is a lot easier when you've lived in, in melting pot cities. This isn't an elitist West Coast, East Coast. When you've lived in a city and you've rubbed elbows with, or, and seen someone harassed and, and I, I've you know, lived, lived with uh, other cultures, you realize, hey, we, we really are all the same. So you know, that, that person's not smarter than me because they got a million dollar seed fund from their parents. You know, they've just, they just started the race a, a little... Uh, in front maybe they're gonna you know spiral out of control with a pill addiction we're all gonna kind of we're all just you know happiness doesn't necessarily come from what you've been given to start but it's important that we do realize we all like none of us are better than the other and let's just get to work you know what were you looking for Nothing. I have things, but uh, you just kind of like rolled was, off into the nowhere. Well, I was land, talking so. while you were scrolling for that. No, I mean, the, I think I've already said base, basically the things. Have that- you had, well, can I ask you then? Have you ever had a, a, a personal experience of like, of a 
not liking somebody and then realizing through some sort of divine connection that like you actually were good. Like, have you ever been able to use empathy to, to win over th- like negative thoughts? Sure. Yeah. Sometimes you think that like someone you really don't like is just an asshole, but you realize stuff about their life circumstances that makes them seem like a little more human and a little less of a bully or whatever. It's almost like a communication problem where people are, uh, we all put on a brave face. We all try to do the best we can. Some people, some people's defense mechanism is fear. Uh, me, me personally, I'm, I'm no better. This isn't like a, like I'm better than somebody else. So if somebody wants to dance on the fact that Trump, you know, ironically made fun of, how, you know, the, the China flu, and then all of a sudden he's sick, whatever. That's Did their you know emotion. The Chinese president called it the White House. <laughs> Did he call it that? Hey, that's funny. I love a good. Oh, if this is what it's going to be, I love that. You know, I think that's great. The White House flu. <laughs> <laughs> This is it, folks. 2020. You know, it's just, I I don't know. I can understand people's reaction knowing that, like, this man and his family and his party have caused so many people such real harm. I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. They're, they're in action. Their policies have caused people real harm. So let's and agree on that. And will continue to cause people harm. Yeah. So my, I think you're asking quite a bit for these people who have been harmed by this man, by his family, by policymakers to turn the other cheek. You're asking a lot. I think like, I don't think we should be asking people to be like Jesus when Jesus would have hogtied this man a long time ago. You think Jesus would have? Jesus love thy neighbor, right? There's literally, I mean, it, 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 like it, he's the antithesis of Jesus. In a party of Christian values, but that's what made that's what I I hear you and I and I understand that religion can get used to sort of um, manipulate situations. I've been talking for two weeks straight about Colton Underwood's virginity and how he became a possessive and obsessive and purity and culture. Purity culture. If anyone's been following the YouTube, you know, two million impressions. I mean, all I've been doing is talking about the um, uh, purity culture and how how we, we can, you know, uh, use religion to think that we're better than somebody else because we've got a greater path. And I think Jesus, uh, as, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not I'm really not an expert. I was a uh, kind of a C minus Catholic. I think you probably know a lot more about Catholicism than I do. And not that that's not that Jesus was Catholic, <laughs> but my point being was that love thy neighbor is, is really the one of the core principles of Christianity is to do unto others as they would have done to you. Jesus healed the sick. Did I fuck that up? I said that Jesus right? befriended the outcast. Jesus would have, but Jesus would have healed Trump. Isn't this crazy? We're talking about this. Like uh, Jesus so, would not have stripped healthcare from millions of people. Right. Right. But, but what Jesus would have done, <laughs> my Jesus, <laughs> just, you know, like a brawl breaking out at some Christian, my Jesus would have fucked up my dad stronger than your dad. Um, I got so many swears. I'm going to have to bleep out of this. I'll just, I'll just leave them in. Uh, I think the unconditional love for your enemies is what, is what I'm trying to communicate. I don't think People can feel what they want to feel. It might be cathartic if you lost your loved one and then you see that Trump get it and you go, I knew it wasn't. A, you know, a fluke thing. I knew it wasn't just affecting, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. I just think that, that you're not going to flip any votes. And I think the important thing, the highest frequency, frequency, Marianne, Tom, uh, what's it? Marianne Williamson. Williamson, Williamson would say that like, you got to lead with love. And that's what was so beautiful about her short lived presidential run is this love, like this, uh, this real transcending love. Like even a guy we- like, you and I were talking about this at the beach the other day because I was reading this freebie book that I got on Amazon about um, how if we think of uh, like our existence here on Earth as polar, which makes sense for our earthly existence, that at one end of the spectrum is fear and at the other end of the spectrum is love. And if you are always leaning to and, and in the middle is apathy, right? If you're always leaning on the side of, of love and all of the other warm emotions on the spectrum on that side, then you're always going to be headed in the right path, right? Leaning on the side of fear doesn't get us anywhere, but has, um, like 
a, a biological and evolutionary purpose, yeah, right? To protect one eye us. Open. Yeah, you're ready but to be invaded. It, it's going to protect us, but it's not going to elevate us. So I think it's important to understand the power of fear, but just like we were talking about forgiveness, you know, the, the real benefit of forgiveness is it's not for the other person. It's for you. Right. It's for healing your heart, deeper, right? So that you're not carrying around bitterness and other negative emotions that are on the end of the spectrum which that's will, towards Which fear. will create sickness within your body, 100%. If, if you're carrying well, it's just it's not, it's not on your journey to your higher self, right? Your Marianne Williamson's led by love, higher self. And if the, if the, if the body is its own vessel of creation, you know, we're, we were all created out of, out of this abyss, Right. And then we also have the ability to create just like a tree creates a, you know, an apple, the apple, you know, deteriorates into the ground and then the seed creates another tree. We exponentially can create. There's just a complete and equal exchange of energy. Well, uh, you know, if you think that energy is neither created nor destroyed, it's cyclical, right? right. Which so, is kind of, I think, what you're trying to illustrate. So if we're being really selfish and fearful and, fe- and worried about going broke, you're just attracting more of that that brokenness Decay. and other woe, woe-minded people. And you're like, we, we've all had that where uh, someone walks into a room and we go, that I want to talk to that guy. I'll tell you what, my stepdad was that guy when I was growing up, which I, I've been harsh on him because he just listens to right wing, you know, crazy news. But I can't hate him for that because he's a product of the food that he's been eating. It's like hating someone for having a, you know, a cavity when you only feed them donuts. He's just, he's not on Facebook. He gets the dial he he chooses. And that unfortunately has betrayed him. But, but he was the guy that would walk into any place and be a positive guy. And I was a quiet sort of like raised by a single mom at that point. I didn't have that kind of bigger energy. I want to be like that type of guy. And then I saw it and I go, oh, that's free. You can harness your own energy and positivity for free. And you can share that with others and you can make them feel that too. And that's a special thing. And that's unfortunately not what sells uh, shit online. Fear will sell things well, online. Well, you know, here another thing that's important to remember, and you know, I don't want to make it like a angels and demons sort of thing, or like a dark versus light sort of thing. I don't want to get too woo woo with it, but not everyone on this planet in this earthly existence has got their shit figured out. There are dark forces at work. There are lower energy people living here who are not doing the kind of work that like we talk about on this podcast, like transforming yourself into your, the best version of yourself. Can't you see it easier when you're out of it? But my point is, is that it, we can't just be like woo woo in our own corner, right? We have to take action to lead the world on this path. Not everyone will follow us, but I think it's our responsibility to advocate for, to fight for if necessary, um, for, for light over dark, for love over fear, for kindness over hate. And, uh, and I think that, you know, there are these sort of like dark, dark forces, bad people, you know, fear led people bad actors. in, in policy, you know, there, there are people and, and, like they're not in politics for a, any do good and kind of reason. They're in politics fear, to line their own pockets or to based, do whatever, take care right? of just their family. They're, so they accept they're only donations. thinking about this earthly existence for them and nothing more. They're not thinking about like elevating themselves or, um, you know, leading with love, transforming themselves into like a higher sort of dimension or mindset. They're not thinking about that. Um, and I think it's our responsibility to protect those who don't have the resources to protect themselves, to lead by example, to lead people into a lighter and brighter future. And and sometimes that requires like a little bit of fisticuffs. You know what I mean? Well, like, look, I think y- it's I think it's perfectly reasonable to have like a little bit of anger, not dwell in anger, yeah. not be led by anger. But I think it's it's a responsible emotion to allow you to 
take action. Sure, you don't have to be a pacifist and be like, "Hey, man, don't hurt the panda bears." Like, like Bernie is a he yells. He get oh, wouldn't it be nice if we all had health care? Yeah, he gets riled up. Wouldn't it be nice if we took care of our young? Mo-? Like that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's like a like you know in the in in a twelve step programs they they tell you not to talk about it because you the you don't get to sell somebody something good just by talking about it they want to see if 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 my buddy joe is looking good he's lost some weight his face is looking more vibrant i go joe what have you been doing well you know i now that you ask i i you know i've been sober i've been i've been meditating i've been doing yoga i've been eating organic you go whoa you've been and then and then you might have fixed one person versus Versus going on Facebook and going like, if you drink alcohol, you're a loser. You, you know what I mean? That's not going to, no one's going to stop drinking for that. You know, if you don't drink diet, Dr. Pepper, you're like, Hey, fuck you. I love my diet, Dr. Pepper. Uh, so the key is, is, is it feel your emotions, get it out, whatever. But if we're all going to be on social media, we've all watched the social dilemma. If you haven't go out there, it's on Netflix. You can borrow my buddy Darren's uh, Netflix password. <laughs> give it to anyone out there. Uh, yeah, we, you, you, you know, it's, it's like responsible gun ownership, right? So we're, no one's trying to take away your guns. No one's trying to take away your Facebook, but you got to be responsible with it, man. You gotta, you gotta police that and get that shit out of there. You got to get that stuff that doesn't like uh, my sister Chase, right? She posted an, a nice heartfelt thing. And then some random commenters like the spawn of Satan is the cause of all this. And yeah, she's like, some stuff. and then she deleted it. And I was like, Chase, I'm glad you got rid of her. But imagine if you were like for a couple hours, let that, let that fester in the comment well, section. Did. <laughs> yeah, but like not, but not because for any other reason than Chase probably just didn't check whatever. And it's like, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, something's wrong in Denmark over here. You need to take care. And I tell people, my Facebook is tightly run. There ain't, there's, there, you know, I'm not going to let two people I know that don't even know each other just start going to blows on my face, but you're done. You got to go. Bars closed. You got to bounce that. You wouldn't let other people play with your guns. Responsible ownership. Yeah, it's like social media is a weapon. Uh, policing the playground a little bit. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like I'm. I, I'm, I, I don't know all the answers and the, the problem with the problem with, you know, the social dilemma to, to weed it all down into a quick thought is really talking about how the smart algorithm has learned what riles us up and realize that's what keeps us online the most. And that's, what's going to sell them the most month. That's, you know what I mean? So they, 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 with, without, yeah, it's why like someone who believes in this QAnon stuff is going to like continually be bombarded with QAnon posts because they spend time looking at them. So it's like, it's like alcohol, right? I'm not saying get rid of alcohol. I'm not saying get rid of Facebook, but I have so rules. It might be worth a try. It could be, but I've got rules. Uh, follow me on Facebook if you want to see my new uh, uh, short uh, on Hollywood Posers. We have a fan page over there. I don't promote the Facebook enough. But you have to know your own limits. And I understand it's a casino out there. It, this, you, know, you, you, spend, you spend three weeks off of the internet, you'll start getting push notifications like you share. You don't want, you know, it's like whenever I try to, you know, give up sweets for a couple of days, I'll literally get like, oh, there's a new cookie. Uh, insomnia cookies opened up next door. And you're like, well, clear my schedule you know what's funny the past few times we've been to the grocery together you at we've never been able to buy any store-bought cakes or cookies or breads or anything because i'm gluten-free and and can't eat dairy or eggs and that just doesn't exist in like the store-bought pre-packaged sweets but every time we've walked by one of those uh like bakery tables you point out to us the holiday cakes that they have on offering even just now we came from the grocery and you pointed out addict tasha (laughs) i'm addicted to sugar you know what i mean like i I, like i understand i I know what it is and i might not buy it but imagine if i was getting push notification imagine if i was like bring and there's just a cookie in my hand that's nuts that's nuts. So I can stop myself on occasion, but whenever I'm like on a, if, we're, if I'm working like on a film set and someone, you know, they come by with hot cookies. They're on hour seven. They got hot cookies. And it's like, well, yeah, it's interesting. I know I, I feel that way about, um, your, social media from time to time. And I don't consider myself necessarily very addicted to that stuff, but I find it entertaining more we, than anything. And that's, that's what you're talking about when you say casino that like all of these apps are gamified, right? There's a reason that like we, 
get that like Pavlovian response when we hear a ding or see a push notification pop up on our phones. And it's doing that to get you back because it knows you've been gone and it knows you want to come back. Right. But it's interesting because for me, I, I can almost like it happens pretty frequently where I can like feel myself starting to be like, you know what, if I don't turn this off soon, I'm going to be in a bad mood. Isn't it wild? And like, you can feel it, but it's like getting electrocuted. You sometimes need somebody with a broomstick to punch you. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> most of the time I just turn it off. You know, I start feeling that way and I find something else to do. Right. I just sh- shut it off, put it down, go do something else. Wouldn't it be easier if it but was a separate every device? Once in a while I don't because it is addicting. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is addicting. I turn my Wi-Fi off when I'm writing. If I'm doing non-internet things, Wi-Fi is off just yeah. because I know I'm going to go into that tab and I can, and then I really can focus in on mm-hmm. what I want to do. I'm, I am, I, I come from this know like it's almost like uh, knowing like a, like an like an alcoholic says I am an alcoholic. You might have had twenty years sober, but you're still an alcoholic. I'm always gonna want sugar. I might be able to like clear myself of that like seventy two hour window where you're really craving it. Like I've been really good with not. Yeah, going you might crazy. remove the chemical addiction, but you won't remove the addictive like personality but and mindset. You said it yourself. I'm walking by these, uh, you know, pumpkin these pumpkin that we've cake literally rolls. never bought I'm that I can't them, eat that I'm never gonna let you. I'm bring looking in our at them like a guy in a whorehouse <laughs> who hasn't nutted in a month. Ew. I'm going oh. <laughs> Pumpkin. You just got us demonetized. Pumpkin sheet cake. <laughs> Ooh, I'm ready to get boner uh, for that yeah. sheet cake. Tasha, you got. Oh, you're going to work for three hours. I'll be at home eating this sheet cake. <laughs> you know, I'll put on, and I'll even know like if, if I'm if I'm gonna like uh, if I have like a pizza or something. Uh, I'll I'll put on the type of TV show I know I'll be okay falling asleep to. I'm like, ooh. Let's watch Naked and Afraid. I can eat this food till I hit a crash. I mean, that's a problem. That's my, that's my addiction. And I don't know. You know, they, they say that, you know, uh, maybe it's a past potato famine thing. I don't know. I don't know if it's a potato famine thing. Somebody that sounds like, well, it I, sounds I, I won't say it sounds like an excuse, but it kind of sounds like an excuse. It You've might be based seen in science. my addiction. It you might saw be me whistling at a pumpkin pie today. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've seen it. So like, it's not that way with alcohol. I, you know, I've, I drink several drinks a week. That's, I mean, if it's there, I can go a month without drinking. Not a big deal. Um, so anyway, that's, that's my thing. But I look at that in that. So I can empathize with other people's addictions and they might go, your sugar is, you you know, there's nothing compared to my pill addiction. And it's like, yeah, sure. Look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a pissing contest over whose addiction's worse. The problem with my addiction is that it's everywhere. If it's everywhere I turn, I mean, we're on the, we're on the beach yesterday. I don't even know if you saw this, uh, you know, nice, nice senoritas walk by selling, you know, mango, 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 and, and selling different types of fruit. There was a churro lady walked by yesterday. I checked her out this four foot nine, 200 pound churro lady. I checked her out. Like she was just like Pam Anderson running by on her prime. I, go ooh churros did you see the churro lady no you were laying down and i didn't say anything but i was like ready to whip it if i had money in my hand i would have churros you know what i mean like i bought churros in the subway station i bought churros at the uh, at the Mexican border while we were sitting in traffic. Well, that's the perfect place to buy. Those them. are the best churros. Those yeah. I you know I could wax poetic about those churros all day long. But so the point is is that i've i've been you know you know i. I I do take preventative measures to fight my sugar addiction. Whenever whenever we cook, uh, what did we make the other day? We made um not the cinnamon rolls. We made oh I made I made that chocolate cake, gluten free chocolate cake. Right. I only made half the thing because if I cooked all of that, I'm eating all of it. It's gonna happen. That's the second part of my addiction was growing up poor. So. Um, so I don't let food go, you know, whatever you don't eat, I'm eating your scraps. It's a guilt thing. It's a don't waste food thing. I was a fat kid. I'm eating it all. So, so I've learned to be like, okay, if we're going to do cake tonight, cause look, all, you know, one slice of cake's not the problem. Two slices of cakes isn't the problem. It's when you come in here and you go, oh my God, Dave, what did you do? And then I look like the dog who peed on the rug and I go, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, like that's an issue. So I know with social media, I'm not going to fight with a stranger. That's my no alcohol. That's my like, it's just not going to happen. That's where you draw a line in the sand. I'm not fighting with a stranger. I've done it. I know how it ends. If I don't know you, I'm not fighting with you. That's 50%. That literally will take 50% of the country's hate right there. I'm not kidding. That's it. Now, I've, I've, I've got other rules after experiencing an unfortunate, unfortunate conversations with my parents the other day, you know, while I visited, I love that. I love them so much. Um, and loved hanging with them. But the second politics came up, 
it was a conversation I wasn't going to win with somebody that close to me. It just wasn't going to happen. It would require way more than a weekend at home. And I need to learn that they're not changing anybody's opinions, that they're, they're not, you know, writing legislation, legislative, whatever they're not, they've got zero swing. They're barely on social media. They're not changing anyone's minds. Let them believe that that's where they aim. And I have to, and you have to sort of be like, I can't, I'm a codependent. I can't, you know, and, and we're not talking about like, oh, well, you think this way, you think that. We're talking about like flat out lies, flat out like far reaching lies that they're believing. Yeah, but here's the issue. Um, it's 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 part of cognitive dissonance, right? Like uh, it's people want to be like their peers, right? So that's why it's hard to be a, a Democrat in a red state because you're going to, Everyone who's around you 24-7 is going to talk about, they're, they're going to d- disagree. You're going to disagree, right? And, and over time, it wears you down because you want to fit in with your peers. So maybe they're not changing anybody's mind, but they're part of a community that has normalized thinking these things that are just untrue, that are very radical. You know, I think it is harmful. I think it is harmful. To, to, to feel those thoughts? Well, take, I don't want it to go, go into specifics because they might listen and it's not going to change anything. But I think on a local level, it, there's no harm being done with actual, like they're they're doing things that are good for their community they're being very charitable and they're involved with local politics. I think they're just cheering for some wrong, bigger ideas that they've got really no, you know, the the point, the point of what I'm, what I'm saying with it all. I just want to backtrack for a second. Go for it. Uh, Because you said you, when you were, you were talking about politics coming up when we were visiting your family and you said this wasn't something that you wanted to get involved in because you knew you weren't going to win. Now, I think it's important that we, like reframe our goals in having these sorts of discussions. It's not about winning. It's not even necessarily about changing people's minds. I think it's just about presenting a dissenting opinion, right? Because it's our responsibility as family, as loved ones, as friends to to be a part of their community with another idea. Right. So that they're not in an echo chamber where people where everyone thinks the same, you know, they live in a part of the country where everyone thinks the same. And it's our responsibility to gently, not in a forceful way, not in a changing minds way, not in a winning way to say, you know what? I disagree. And this is why. Right. Because they're not hearing the the flip side of the coin. They're not hearing these other opinions because they're not being exposed to them in their circle of like minded people. Yeah. Uh, But also people will go into they'll go into the dark. This is why I this is why I'm against deplatforming of of any kind, really, is because people will just find a new a new room to go into. Like we heard, you know, someone went into talk to somebody else in private about something, you know, because they understand that they're going to get ridiculed if they do that on Facebook. Now, there's plenty of good ideas that get ridiculed on Facebook, too. Like there's plenty of misguided shaming. But the problem is, is that we've we've chosen sides like one side versus the other. And there's probably like nine different sides that you could be on. There's plenty of people like my mom who was a fan of Tulsi Gabbard, but then became a fan of Trump because she, she aligned, she wanted a certain thing that wasn't going to be, wasn't going to happen in a, in a, in a, in a main sort of like old school club. So my, my point being this, like I, like I, I, I took this, all the smarts that I have, I tried to communicate with some family and it didn't go well. And then I, and so, well, I, Listen, you say it didn't go well, but I I do believe there's value in planting seeds, right? This was it, w- it was really bad. You weren't th- I mean, you you saw some of it was like not good. I don't think any seeds were planted. I think the earth was scorched in that market. And maybe it's just the 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 the, the time. And I I don't know. I just think the more and more like uh, I don't want to get into specifics, but you said somebody <laughs> talking about something else in a back room. Well, if that person was informed enough to know that like you know, what person A was saying was total nonsense, then they might be able to, in a gentle way, because they are part of the family, say, 
that's absurd. Yeah. And, you know, that makes a lot less sense than this thing, which is, you know, probably the truth. Yeah. The, the, so there's, the, there's, there's wanting to find the light and then there's also avoiding the darkness. And I think, avo- I think the way to avoid the darkness is to don't argue with people you don't know. That sounds simple. You would never do it in person. If I was getting coffee with you and I was like talking and some guy comes up and he goes, oh, you know, that's bullshit because I'd go, dude, you got to go. I don't care if I'm wrong right now. I don't, I'm not trying to be fact checked yeah, at a Starbucks. Yeah, but let's reiterate that. I don't, I don't think anybody should argue with anybody. It's not getting us anywhere. You know, it's been proven time and time again that arguing is not getting us anywhere. But having conversations, not online, in person. Sure. You know, a, a normal... In- Conversa- people have normal conversations. We were- I work with people who have differing ideologies than I do. We have differing ideas and opinions, but we find a way to be civil. But all, yeah, yes. Uh, but there are times like when we like we were at the Basset Hound uh, fair and some guy was like chatting us up and it was like, okay, we're done now. I've got things I want to talk about with my fiance. Like this is your, I don't care if like, and then, and then sometimes you meet someone and you're like, oh, this person's really cool. We'll meet somebody on, um, you know, we, we met some really cool marine biologists on when we went uh, to Catalina on that expedition trip. But it's polite and pleasant discourse. See, I was trying to feed that into the next part of the conversation. Oh, check out my blog that but, I just published today. So, t- so I'll, 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 I'll feed into that we went we went on a on a uh, let, let's let's end with this we're at 51 minutes let's end with this we went to a last year we were asked we were invited to go check out a new partnership between hyatt and lindblatt expeditions and we went on a hundred person expedition ship some might call it a cruise they don't call it a cruise it's an expedition ship there's no pools there's no uh tubed uh you know uh, yeah, rides and uh late night jazz uh flamingo dancers you're on an expedition like, boat you're on a boat that can go through the antarctic like these this boat's like badass these are world-class adventure trips staffed by people like marine biologists and naturalists and um you know like nature photographers and so we were invited to go on it no tv in sight just good food good lounge 300 panoramic views of everything we were invited to go travel to catalina uh for a a a one night a two-day one night trip to to you know as as people that have some some influence to talk about it you know probably so we'd be doing things like this but this was a year ago god bless you and we were we went paddle boarding tasha saw a tiny shark uh underneath a the leopard water. shark leopard shark we saw a kelp forest it was actually it was last november it was a it was actually in the high 90s it was a heat wave and catalina is this beautiful island in the channel islands uh which is called an ar- 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 archipelago did I pronounce that right? Archipelago. <laughs> close. What's it called? I can't say it. Either. I googled it. Arch, whatever it is, it's a cluster <laughs> of islands. We're into a cluster of islands, and Catalina is really one of the most beautiful islands in the middle. I mean, it used to be owned by the Wrigley family of the of the gum and the field, uh, and it is just a beautiful island. But normally, you take the ferry to Avalon, which is the main little jaunt, the little little town area. And we 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 uh, took the expedition ship to the other side of the island and rode the zodiacs to the uh, to the little cove and paddle boarded and everyone who worked there was a marine biologist so what they were obviously trained to talk to us they they were trained to approach us you know they were they were obviously meant to be like conversationalists so like when we sit down to dinner you know joe from maine shows up and then and then and then of course uh just to paint the picture for people i'm talking about like uh you know the uh the catalina the channel island fox i was talking about like this specific fox that's only on this one island and how it, you know it almost went extinct and this and that and and i'm talking about it and then uh and then the nice um marine biologist like listens to me lets me talk and then he comes in and like politely gives the facts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was a real good example. Now he's on the clock. If you know, if, if we were at a pub, he might've been like, Hey, listen, asshole, that ain't how it goes, but he's on the clock and then he doesn't want a bad Yelp review. And they were very kind, but there was this real, um, meeting people at a level of kindness, meeting people at a level of respect that happened by us dressing nice, being on an expedition boat together. I imagine you want to take in the, on this hundred person boat, you want to take 50 Trump supporters and 50 AOC, whatever, and put them together. I imagine they're closer together than they are apart. And that's what our country needs to realize is we all shit our pants once in a while. That's a weird way to put it. We all 
have, we all get stuck in traffic. We all stub our toe. We're all humans. We have more in common than apart. And that was what was beautiful about going that on that expedition. Tasha just released a very nice blog um, on our new website, our new travel website called wearetodottravels.com. It's, it's going to be up as soon as people hear this podcast. And you can see some of the high-res images that we took on the expedition boat and some of the other images that we took while we were paddleboarding and experiencing all that was to offer um, on this expedition ship. So I think you did a very good job. I just read it. It's a very nice blog. And I would encourage anyone who supports us to go support Tasha, support the blog, leave her a nice comment. Yeah, please. I would really appreciate it. I um, did like a bit of a soft launch of the blog. I had a few close friends read it and give me a little feedback. And I wasn't, I didn't really plan to like hard launch it, but I accidentally alerted everyone who follows my Facebook page that I updated the page's website the other day. So a lot of people did tune in to see the blog after I officially updated the website on Facebook. Um, And so now I'm just cranking out a lot of old blog posts from old trips. I'm doing some current stuff too, but I've just been slowly working through the archives and picking out fun trips and fun photos and trying to write about those experiences um, just to like populate the page and categorize some of organize some of our trips you for want, people to you, check out. You want a throwback blog, you got to write about how you how your your love story with Boone and how you found him because Jen, one of our new listeners, who's found me on YouTube, uh, was wondering about your story with Boone. And she was like, does touch, she was like, does touch ever talk about how she came about getting the dog? I was like, well, it's, it's, you know, it's probably 50 different times, but I couldn't tell you which episode. So, um, I don't know if that's, if that's a worthy of a blog post or not, but it might um, be fun to dig out some old pictures of Boone as a puppy. But yeah. And I told her to go to Boone's Instagram to go see those, but I wanted to shout Jen out and Rhonda and all these people. My YouTube subscribers went from 2,500 to 5,000 this last couple of weeks. And all of our longtime followers that saw the growth there reached out to me and gave, gave me a big shout out because they know it's important that we're growing the brand and, and able to make a, make a couple bucks off of it and all that. So, um, part of we are to dot travels is just a new creative medium to express ourselves. And I think for Tasha, I mean, this year you've really bet on yourself. You upgraded your laptop. You got all this design, you know, knowledge you're learning in all these. I mean, there's no excuse to not create. Everyone's has a cell phone and can create, but like you've really invested in taking it to the next level. And that's the one thing when we look back at 2020, I think as a family, we're going to see is that we put our money where our mouth is. We continue to create when everything in the world told us to just quit it for the year. Everything (laughs) said, give it up, Dave, you're done. (laughs) Every week I do an extra episode on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the sap. It's a place that people can go to donate um, and get extra content. If you like extra content, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the SAP, T-H-E-S-A-P. This week, I actually broke down all of the numbers of the YouTube videos I, of that I, that I released and how much they made and all the analytics and why it's important for people to like leave comments on the YouTube and how just a little bit of a fire can lead to several million impressions. YouTube is a beast. Um, with that, with that said, with podcast, the podcast apps are not. They are not the place to grow. So all it, it just isn't. N- nothing I say here is going to introduce this podcast to new people. I'm so committed to running the three-camera setup and growing this on YouTube. So if anyone listens to the audio only, go to my YouTube, Dave Neal, and just find the episode and leave a comment there. And let's have the discussion there. It helps the algorithm and, and all that, Jess, what we're going to say. I was going to say, also, I did design a really beautiful podcast page on the website that has a uh, collection of old episodes. I didn't go all the way back. Obviously that would just be way too much work, but I think um, I'm about 16 episodes deep and I post all of the episodes going forward um, on the page. So if you want to show somebody a podcast that you like, you can just show them via my beautiful website. Share it, baby. So here's the deal. Keep that empathy high, feel your feelings, but just know that the best way to relate to others, the best way to meet high quality people and loving people is to look for the love that they have and understand that everybody's trying their best. Can we agree and with that? And to lead with love. And to lead with love. Uh, follow me on Instagram at dneals, D-N-E-A-L-Z. Tasha Courtney's at Tasha Courtney. And we are to dot travels is the website. Everybody have a good week. Right at an hour. Look at that. S-A-P-B-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-